Our Milwaukee Brewers beat the Diamondbacks seven to five. Four run deficit. Oh nay nay. It's, a, it's not a good team though. Oh nay nay. Four runs down. We got this. When are they going to start beating good teams? They just did last night, yeah, brother. I don't, I don't know. Jesse Winker first donger of the season. Luis Urias getting things going. Lead walk. Blake Perkins and hit a ground to the right side of the infield. Um, Weimer. Getting it all done. All right, boys. What do we think of call- yeah. They needed that win. Yeah, big time. They needed Robert, that you win. you called it. You said they were going to. Uh, well, that was a toss-up game. That was Ryan Nelson versus Colin Ray. Both lack experience at the major league level. One, because he's young. The other one, just because he's not as great. But yeah, <laughs> it's not as great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, both guys, that, uh, uh, it was a toss-up game. Both guys for who they were, had been throwing the ball all right. And it's a team that actually, like the Brewers, has a middle-of-the-road bullpen. That that was a toss-up game. The Brewers needed to get that one, especially after Corbin Burns just did not have it in the first inning on Monday. They needed the win on Tuesday because you're obviously now a dog today against Zach Gallon. Yeah, and then there's this, Rowdy. The Brewers... um are averaging four runs a game. They scored seven last night. And also last game, they only had three hits. They had 10 hits last night. An error as well, but still in a win. Yeah. 10 hits for the crew, seven runs. Uh, Jesse Winker hitting his first dinger. Are things, are we are, turning around a little bit? The Diamondbacks are a good team. Yeah. Are we, are um, we getting a little confidence, uh, you know, coming up here? But here's the other effing side of things. How in the hell are the Reds still winning? 10 in a row for the Cincinnati Reds. Who have they been playing? Doesn't matter who they've been playing. The, no, I mean, I'm, like, I'm just I saying they doesn't. just keep turning yeah. out wins. Those the Rockies, the, uh, the Rockies, now the, the Rockies, and the Royals. Okay, the Rockies and Royals are garbage. Uh, the Rockies are a really bad team. They're they're not a good team at. Normally, they're a good team when they play at home in Coors because it's altitude. They can hit the baseball. Obviously, goes farther. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But they're even more bad this year, especially when Morbid. they they're not <laughs> at home. Like their their stats away are just god awful. God awful. But the Astros, that's a nice little series for the Reds. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and they all count the same in a 162 game season. They, they do indeed. Do. Uh, what's the vibe on Colin Ray now? Uh, we're uh, Rowdy. I think yesterday you said Colin Ray would get a win. I don't think he got the win, but Colin Ray is the one that got kind of b- brushed up a little bit. Five and one third innings, seven hits, four earned runs, five runs. Like, and the bullpen came in and shut after. He, after the, all the scoring happened, he only allowed one runner up until like yeah. the um, well when the errors started happening and they sure. they scored. You got Hobie Milner, yeah. uh, Wilson coming in with the win, Piamps with the hold, and then Devin Williams thirteenth save of the year as the Airbender gets a one K in his appearance and gets it done shuts the door. All right, what's going on today, Rowdy Brewers? Uh, well, the Milwaukee Brewers are taking on Arizona Diamondbacks in the uh, rubber match. Yeah. And you have Zach Gallen on the mound for the Diamondbacks. He's pretty and good. Zach Gallen's good. He's this right. is a guy that is a Cy Young caliber type stuff guy. Now, he's younger, but uh, yeah, he's pretty good. And obviously, for the Brewers, you have Julio, Julio Terran, who, by the way, beast. 
He's Cy been Young. pretty good so far. I know he didn't pitch in the big leagues for multiple seasons, but uh, he's back and he's pitching well. I'm thinking he's back. Now, how long will that last? We'll see, but... All season. This is another big game because Julio Tehran has arguably been the Brewers' stopper here the last two, three, four weeks, yep. which is crazy to say. But uh, they're going to need another big-time performance out of Tehran again today because... Zach Gallen's not going to be an easy uh, uh, easy foe for the Brewers. Gallen 8-2 and two in the year is ERA 2.98. Julio Teran, though, 2-2 two and two ERA, 1.78. Yeah, last time they went up against Gallen, they lost 3-0. He's lost a lot. Julio Teran, for how well he's pitched, has lost a lot of close, low-scoring games where the offense has not supported him whatsoever. I mean, how much support does the offense bring their starting pitchers usually? Throughout the season so far. Well, uh, about four <laughs> runs per game. <laughs> it's not, you're not going to win too many games doing that one. Uh, yep, today, a little afternoon affair for the rubber match. Uh, all right, boys. Um, we w- I want to talk here coming up about uh, what the Reds plan to do. Who, again, I'm looking at the, the market right now. Yeah. Now, 78% of the cash and 79% of the tickets are on Arizona and Zach Gallon, But... The line is moving in favor of the Milwaukee Brewers becoming smaller dogs. Oh, okay. So that's a, that would be a sign where the market would tell me, yeah, there's a lot of cash and tickets on Arizona, but the fact that uh, Milwaukee is moving away from being a dog, uh, I would say that the market likes Milwaukee. Well, let's go crew. This is my crew. Let's go crew. Now they'll probably lose 10 to nothing. Their their hits against him last time were Contreras, Mitchell, and Terang. Two of which aren't with the team right now. Nope. Well, let's see what happens. Well, that is an advantage. And he struck out 11 (laughs) Brewers in his last outing versus them. He, He pitched against the Brewers earlier this season. The Milwaukee Brewers have seen him. They can make the adjustments. Arizona has not seen Julio Terran. True. Julio Tehran, when Julio Tehran was good, he was an Atlanta Brave. That's NL East. That ain't NL West. There isn't as much familiarity with Julio Tehran. That's probably why the market is saying they might like Milwaukee. Let's go! Especially if Tehran pitches well. Let's go! Just because... Uh, Two, nine, six, zero. Bears, what? They saw, they saw Zach Allen like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Yep. Are we feeling... Rowdy, you did say yesterday Colin Ray going to get a win... Well. Be part of the reason why the Brewers win. April 10th. Are you going to call a win today? You did just say 10 nothing Brewers get beat, but I think that was sarcasm. Yeah, that's because I said that the market likes the Brewers, and so they'll probably get hammered since I said that. But uh... <laughs> well, hey, you also said they're going to get hammered, so you're covering both ends, and you can say I was right. Hey, you know, play... I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take the one. I always play both sides, so I always come out on top. You have said both sides now, so if anybody calls you out, you can say <laughs> you called the win. And if they get blown out, you can say, I told you that would happen. Yeah. All right, let's go to the Schneider hotline. <laughs> Hotmail email inbox says RJ is correct. <laughs> uh, by the way, Hotmail, we're still around. Uh, well, yep, sorry, we're still around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the tagline. They, they, they pay you for. to yep. say that. Come on. I, I totally missed it. Uh, the Hotmail inbox, by the way, we're still around. Let's see. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, hitters versus Zach Gallon in their career. Uh, Ramil Tapia. He's 9 for 16 against Ooh, Zach. All right. He better be in the lineup. That's Chris, the Galen stopper. Christian Yelich is 3 for 10. Okay, 300. Uh, Luis Arias, 2 for 8. 
two for um, me. Okay. Jesse Winker, one for two. William oh, Contreras. 500. 500 for Winker? He's hot right now, by the way. Just a home run. William Contreras, one for three. Okay. Then it only gets worse from hey, there. Hey, well, we'll stop Those there then. Those guys all need to be in the lineup. We'll stop there and then. And then uh, if we look at what Julio Tehran has done against uh, these Arizona Diamondbacks, if I pull it up. Carson Kelly. Dad, don't say it. Carson Kelly. No, this is good. Okay. Carson Kelly, one for one. Hell yeah. And uh, right here, Nick Ahmed, one for six. Evan Longoria, one for six. Uh, Marte, one for eight. Everyone else, over. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ah. So, uh, Teron puts himself in the top five de- side. Definitely. A lot more at-bats seen by uh, the Milwaukee Brewers against Gallon. Not as much against uh, Julio Terran. Brewers winning the day. You're and not a lot of success either. Brewers winning the day with great success. Yeah, Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll put a stamp on it. I was watching Braves-Phillies last night. I got to say, boys, this was pretty badass. Uh, they are talking about Strider out on the mound wearing the number 99. We're 29 in college, but that's been retired for John Smoltz, Hall of Famer with the Braves. So he says he's now wearing 99 as a tribute to Rick Vaughn, the reliever played by Charlie Sheen in the Major League movies. Awesome. He's the opposite of the wild thing. Yes, he throws that hard, but he doesn't walk many batters. Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the offseason, nice. led the California Penal League in strikeouts. I mean... Bob Uecker is around us everywhere. Yeah. Major League is around us everywhere. Hey. One it's, of the greatest movies and also, I mean, play-by-play guys ever, Bob Uecker. I mean, that's one of those, if you're into baseball, you've seen that movie, no matter how old you are. If you're into just love stories, you've seen that movie, and it's incredible. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> win back the girl. I mean, he did. Yeah, of oh, course he did. Spoiler alert, sorry. Sorry, spoiler, he, won, he wins back the girl. Uh, yeah. And they take the panic. And he got to uh, spend a night with that bikini model. Because he had to defend her honor. He had to defend her honor. <laughs> she said she had a better body than you. <laughs> I had to check it out. That's BS. You know I as a tribute to Rick Vaughn. What do you think of Strider wearing 99 as a tribute to the, the wild thing, Ricky Vaughn or Audi? See, wouldn't it be uh, – I so clearly Spencer Strider plays for the Braves. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a little cooler if he played for the the Indians the Guardians. or Guardians. Yeah. Be a lot Guardians cooler did. if you did. Be a lot cooler if you did. They were 99 for Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. Yeah. Hey, good for him. How old is the guy? Tried the corner in Spencer this. Strider's a young guy. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he he's seen the movie. Yeah. Oh, what was – um? Because you took the over in that first Yeah, five. it didn't hit. It was, I think it was zero. We went over last night in baseball. What uh, Strider, they Not were – Now, here's what else happened in that game, Rowdy. Uh, they came up, and they were salivating over Orlando Arcia. Hey, he's doing all right this year. He is uh, – what's he batting, like 341, I think, in that game he was? The dude was crushing, and he is getting some votes for that all-star game. What you doing, Orlando? Anyone missing Orlando Arcia? Hitting 300. Let him I, do his thing. Let him do his thing. <laughs> well – Here's my deal with Orlando Arcia. When he was coming up, he was he was seen as one of the top prospects in baseball. He was easily, you know, very high up there on the top 100 prospect lists, like for forever. He was a kid that was signed at like 16, and and then out of Venezuela, like he was extremely young when the Brewers signed him. I mean, he gets up to the big leagues. He's 21 years old, shows a little bit of flashes like late in the season, and then 2017 actually plays quite freaking well yeah. and got really hot like the last couple months of that, that year. And, but then you saw like 18 and 19, it was kind of like the 
the ups and downs, right? Yeah. Like Orlando Arcia, you would see flashes, but then it would be like, ooh, that that didn't even look like a big leaguer swing right there. Because yeah. like some of them were brutal. And then in 2020, I understand that you know it's a shortened season, but he showed flashes again. It was two months, and he and he actually hit the baseball well and what they needed because he was an above average shortstop with defensively with a good arm. He just needed to hit 250, and he would have been a great player, and he never would have left Milwaukee, but he couldn't consistently do that. And then you talk about when Milwaukee traded him in, in 2021. He is a guy that had played in the big leagues for over five seasons, and you weren't really seeing any progression. It was the same guy that once in a while he'd look great, the other times he looked terrible, but you always knew he was going to be solid defensively and he was going to have a good arm. But how long were the Brewers supposed to be willing to wait on him? He's yeah. 27 years old, like nope. 26, 27 years old by the time they finally shipped him. Nope. Like you can't wait until a guy's 33 to make a decision. In the game yesterday, I mean, in the game yesterday, they're talking about Arcia. They're like, Arcia's like, I'm winning the shortstop job. He's like, like I'm winning this job. And then he did it, and he hasn't looked back since. He's been batting really well for himself. I'm looking at the all-star ballot right now. He is... Over one million votes for shortstop. The net, in second place, Francisco Lindor with half a million. Orlando Arcia crushing in the votes. Where's the Domus at? Uh, uh, ninth. Orlando Arcia. The year that the Milwaukee Brewers traded Orlando Arcia to the Braves, he was turning 27. Yeah. So how long were you supposed to wait on a guy? You don't have years. No. Uh, they already. They already had looked at him since 2016 and they didn't trade him until 2021 like that they had a lot of time to look at him and he was just the inconsistent like good for orlando arcia all of a sudden coming around it just took until basically i i mean year seven yeah and 27 years old like they had Luis Arias, who was the almost the spitting image of orlando arcia but he was younger like, he was a top prospect. Yeah. He had reached the big leagues early with San Diego. He had showed flashes, but didn't consistently hit for a high average. It was almost the exact same profile as Orlando Arcia, but they had this guy sitting there, and he was much younger than Arcia. Of course they were going to move on from Arcia. He had more of the room to grow. He had more time on his side. Now, hindsight 2020, in those two years, who's <laughs> grown more? Orlando you would argue, argue it's Orlando Garcia <laughs> yeah. as Luis Arias is still, you're still looking for that 2021 version over the 2022 and injured 2023 version. Yeah. But then you also have to remember that at that time they had Colton Wong at second base. So you weren't going to play Luis Arias at second base. You were already uh, kind of moving them back and forth uh, at third base. Mm-hmm. And, like, so they opened up the spot for, Arias, who they thought would grow and have more time. And to be honest, Luis Arias still could be a better player than Orlando Arcia. <laughs> He's still a lot younger than Orlando Arcia, and Arcia's 28. Yep. And there's this, boys. Brewers trivia. Ooh. Uh, that's something we, uh, we all know this because we brought oh. it up before. Most home runs in Brewers postseason history, Prince Fielder. And Orlando Arcia. How about that? <laughs> That's such a weird list. <laughs> I know, it's so bizarre. All right, news of the weird coming up. Like, Luis Arias right now, he's he's still young. Like, he made his debut at age 21, same as, as Arcia, but he's two years behind Arcia. So, I mean, in theory, he could still become something better than Orlando Arcia since it took him until 27, 28. Yeah. 
that's still two more years for RCA. Or, or sorry, for Arias. Here you go. J.A. Krebs just hit me up. What's up, Jordan? He says, just the obvious case of Orlando being a late bloomer. Rowdy, get some patience, kid. I mean, how, how long are we going to wait on everybody? <laughs> years. Sometimes guys just need to change the scenery, too, by the way. It just happens to... Uh, when they get out of Milwaukee, then they start to flourish. The Cincinnati Reds uh, emerged as surprise. First of all, if I were to tell you um, when the season opening day that A, there would be a ship by the Titanic that no one can find, and B, the Reds are in first place of the NL Central, what would you say to me? I'm crazy? Why the hell are they down there looking for the Titanic? What are the Reds doing in first place? I probably honestly wouldn't care one thing about the Titanic and just say, huh, the Reds? <laughs> well, they are in first place, a half game above the Brewers. And then what if I told you this, Rowdy? What if I didn't tell you? Okay, I didn't tell you the Reds were in first place, and I didn't say anything about this wreckage by the, or the ship by the wreckage of the Titanic. But I did say opening day that at the trade deadline, the Reds are planning to buy. What would you say to me? I'm drunk off Guinness? <laughs> I wouldn't believe you, obviously, but I can't believe that their GM would actually say that. Yeah, they're going but, out to buy. But remember when you me, and and some other people, excuse me, in particular, was this like three years, made four years, fun of me four years ago in like 2019, 18, maybe 19, where the Reds kind of had a little bit of a window yeah. towards the end of like the... Joey Votto was still there, but it was kind of like that core of players that they had that were aging and decent outside of Votto were yeah. all kind of moving on. They went to go buy. And they went and they bought, and they, if you remember correctly, they actually bought Trevor Bauer. Yeah. And Trevor Bauer, Bauer was under contract with them for like another two years. And, and I'm basically, like, and I it, said, what are they going to go buy so them in two extra games? Yeah, it, it basically they were starting to buy because they they thought they had a little bit of a window. They had gotten hot and they were like right there on the fringe of like a wild card. And they added some players that were under team control for the next one, two years. And that was kind of the window that they had with some of their core players at that time mm -hmm. was like for one, maybe two years. And then there was Joey Votto who was going to outlast everybody, which he has. Yeah. Um, they even went all in then. Yeah, they won like two extra games that year. Now, they did play better, and clearly the, the team was better. But, yeah, they didn't make it. And then the weirdest thing is that they had that thing set up for, like, where they should have been good for or at least competing for, like, a year or two after said trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And then remember the exact next year they start out slow, and then they blow it up. They, yeah, they, tra yeah, they, they traded it, it all. And now, oh, except for Votto, here's what the GM now said. Yeah, Votto and Votto's back. By the way, uh, two days ago he hit a dinger. Uh, first game back. Here's their GM. Yeah, we're in first place. We're looking to win. That's our goal. I think we want to do whatever we can for this team. We just need to continue to play well and see what's out there. There obviously hasn't been a good match. There obviously hasn't been a good match to this point. I don't see anything on the horizon, but you never know. We're just going to keep working on it. But we do plan to buy come trade deadline. This is the Cincinnati Reds. Who, um, what were they projected at to be the last, uh, yeah, last, second to last? It was a fight yeah, for the Pirates. Them, the them and the Pirates were a, a fight for the basement. And then you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, who were four games uh, leading the division last year. They sold away their best piece, Josh Hader, for like nothing in return. They got who has been the who's been the best out of that? Was Matt Bush? Well, I mean, just just look at the Cincinnati Reds roster. 
Uh, Tyler Stevenson was a high-profile catching prospect. He's now more of a, a DH, but he still catches from time to time. He's 26. You look at the infield, Ellie De La Cruz, who's obviously running with a lot of the headlines because he's the super talented young phenom, high prospect. Mm-hmm. He's 21. Jonathan India, who won Rookie of the Year, was that 2019? Something, 2020. Ah, years escape me these days. Uh, but yeah, he's only 26. Mm-hmm. Matt McLean, he's 23. Ballin. Nick Senzel, he's been around for a while, but he's only 27. Spencer Steer, who's been playing well, another prospect, he's 25. Obviously, you have an old Joey Votto, but then you look at the outfield for him. Jake Fraley, uh, he's been passed around a little bit. Same with TJ uh, Friedel, but they're only 27, 28. Uh, Will Benson's 25. Like, you look at that roster, all of the core young prospects, and, and we're only talking about you know, a few of them here. Yeah. They still have a lot in the minor leagues because they do have a good system. Most of these guys are 20 to 26 years old. Do you believe the Reds GM that they want to help these guys out as much as they can and buy at the deadline? I'm saying that they might here be here for a minute yeah. with this young roster if they continue to play well. Because I would say from the surface, I would go, well, yeah, you know, they're nice prospects. They've come up. They've played well. You know, maybe they'll play well for a month or so. And this is just June was the Cincinnati, the the month of the Reds, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, they brought up these higher profile guys. They played well for a month. Teams will get books on them. We'll see the next month. You know, they'll start to kind of fall flat, blah, blah, blah. And that still might might happen. So, But these guys are playing really well. Before I get to the phones here, uh, people calling in at 608-321-1670, let me ask you this. I mean, they've won 10 in a row. Yeah, it's crazy. Reds GM says they're going to buy at the deadline. If they, keep I think the they're crazy race. to buy at the deadline. What do you think the Brewers do at the deadline? Look at what the Baltimore Orioles did last year. They did not buy at the deadline. I think technically they actually sold a little bit, um, but they were a team that was in contention. They had just brought up their top prospect and Adley Rushman. Uh, you know, he was up for Rookie of the Year. They were playing well. The pitching was really good. They had a, one of the deeper bullpens. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, they traded a couple of bullpen pieces even, but they didn't buy. And they were in the AL East, and when's the last time the Orioles were good? It was like when uh, Chris Davis, and not the one that played for the Brewers, but the other Chris, the other Davis, Chris Davis, it was like Adam Jones. <laughs> or, it was like all, it, was, it was guys that had been a minute. What are the okay? What are it, the Brewers? It's been like almost a decade. What do the Brewers do at the trade deadline? What they normally do? Stand pat or sell? You know, for me, I think they end up uh, maybe acquiring maybe like a utility type player that could help them. That's having a good season or a couple of uh, relief pitcher. I don't think they do a whole lot. I personally, if it was me and you're in the same spot. I think you probably. I think I would go after probably a couple of bullpen arms, and that's probably so maybe maybe a utility something something small because I don't believe this team can win a World Series. And from what I've seen so far, I don't. I know you can get hot. I know that stuff can happen, but uh, I yeah. I don't believe this team to be a legitimate World Series contender. Now, if you would have asked me last year, yeah, I would have been bye 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 bye. Oh yeah. And you were talking in sync. That's why the it's the biggest crime ever what they did last Crimes year. Crimes against humanity. All right, we got two phone lines blowing up here. Uh, yellow. Line one. Hello. Hey, how's it going? See? Yeah. What's up, brother? 
Not much. Uh, 2014 is the year you're looking for for the Baltimore Orioles. It's almost a decade ago. Mm. <laughs> and they almost still they refused to buy. They actually sold a little bit, and now look at them. They're, they're one of the better teams in the AL East, and you as a Red Sox fan should know this. Red Sox are in last, and they're over 500. I know. I witnessed a good game last yeah, night. Yeah, Z, you were in like- Minnesota. The NFL, uh, they had a little meeting uh, earlier this week, yesterday. They have now unleashed new simple-to-follow rules of betting in the NFL. Do you want to know what the rule number one is for the players? Don't bet on NFL games. Correct, Amundo. That is out of the six rules. Number one is a clear-cut and obvious for players in the NFL. Don't bet on the NFL. NFL players can never bet on NFL games. Not one cent. I love this, Rowdy. Here's what they have to include in their language for the NFL. The You cannot bet on your team games preseason, regular season, or take a shot in the dark with the third one is Rowdy. Postseason. That's correct. Also, you cannot bet on another team's games. That would be preseason, regular season, and Rowdy? Postseason. And then finally, the third bullet point on don't bet on the NFL for these players, you cannot bet on outcomes, points scored, parlays, Props or future bets. Pretty self-explanatory, Rowdy. Rowdy? I mean, if, if you're a player in the NFL, do you really need to know this? I guess you do because a lot of investigations coming out and these guys are getting hammered. All right, here's number two, Rowdy. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. See, that's one I don't get. Don't understand it. What do you mean? Traveling for a road game or even at a hotel? What do they want you to do at the hotel? Okay, do you walk off the hotel premise and go, I don't know, uh, right off the property line? Then you can make a bet? See, that one doesn't make sense because it's like, okay, well, if you're on a team flight or you're on a team bus and you you can't even pull up your phone and go, well, I kind of like the Bucks tonight. I, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like it's if I'm thinking about it. <laughs> It's not like they're on their phone at practice putting in bets. It would be like in the locker room, like before they're, you know, getting ready to go out for practice or leaving practice. That one doesn't make a ton of sense to me. The only person who ever had their phone in practice uh, in their pocket was, I do believe, Ben Simmons, Uh, obviously the NBA. Remember that photo of him at practice when he was going uh, through it with the 76ers? He has phone in his pocket and he's practicing. But I don't get it. If you're on, if you're on a, so you can't work. Here's the work settings include. You cannot bet team facility traveling for road game, team hotel. The facilities include the team facilities, the stadium, or even the parking lot. You cannot even be in the parking lot on a team road trip. You cannot be on the team plane, the bus, car, or hotel. And then, or any related team business whatsoever. So if you got like some luncheon, you got to go to, I guess you can't be betting there either. That one is a little uh, perplexing to me. Here's number three, Rowdy. Don't have someone bet for you. Well, here's the thing. You just don't, you just don't say anything, right, Rowdy? Hell, you've had people betting free before when they lived in, uh, what, the state, the state lines of Iowa, correct? That yeah, might have happened. <laughs> but you also don't play in the NFL. Uh, number four, uh, this one's hilarious. Don't share team inside information. A large critique of the uh, proliferation of gambling and sports has to do with integrity. And they say they don't want people fighting the integrity of the game by sharing team inside information. Wouldn't that be considered like a mole? Wouldn't you be a rat then, Rowdy? 
for sharing your team information with other people, that's just not good. Yeah, I feel like that could be a slippery slope, though, too, couldn't it? Where if you're just, like, sitting there, this is being an NFL player, like, talking to, you know, you go out and grab some food. Yeah. And some guy just randomly comes up to you and asks you, hey, how's the quarterback's hand doing? And you're just like, oh, yeah, it's. Oh, yeah, he's, he's hurt. Yeah, he just sliced the tip of his thumb off by chopping some vegetables. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, how, how are they going to police? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you're just getting some food. Like, hey, yo, 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 Nelly, what up, bro? Hey, how's that linebacker RJ doing? You're like, oh, man, yeah. He kind of came up lame on a, I'm feeling for him a little bit. Is that sharing team inside information? I don't know. Uh, here's, yeah, I'm sure it's like your teammates. I'm sure you know that his hamstring is sore or whatever, but you don't know that, uh, how bad it is. It's not like you're the doctor. It's not like you're looking at it. Yeah. I don't think people, I don't think, I don't think NFL players are out there trying to like spill the beans on everything on the inside out of their teams. Uh, hell, that's why you got Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots up on rooftops with binoculars spying on people. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's number five of the six bullet points do not enter a sports book during the NFL season. Can't even go into a casino or a sports book, even if there aren't uh, there to gamble. Even if you are not there to gamble, even if you're there just to support a loved ones or a homie, NFL players cannot be inside a major sports book during the season, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Damn. So can't go into casino. Okay. Well, okay. I, is it, I guess it's during the season then. What do we know? What, what was Alvin Kamara doing not too long ago in Las Vegas, Rowdy? Was he beating someone's ass? Yeah, I think he was out clubbing. Yeah. He was in Vegas. And I think he was clubbing in multiple ways. Yeah. <laughs> so was his posse, clubbing another guy. And then here's the six bullet point out of the out of the six, the last one. You cannot and don't play daily fantasy football. Don't don't players do that? Don't they play fantasy football? Well, they're talking about daily, so like DraftKings, oh, yeah, yeah, FanDuel. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. But that's gambling too, is the Well, that's why they say you can't do it. Yeah. No, 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 the the reg, like the regular season, like not daily fantasy, but the whole season, isn't that gambling too? Well, it's funny because there's states with obviously different laws. Clearly, the state of Iowa and Illinois have different laws than the state of Wisconsin because you can place bets online. Yeah, but uh, where I'm going with like the daily fantasy, it is seen in some states as not true. "Quote unquote gambling." That's why you can play DraftKings and FanDuel in Wisconsin yeah. online, but yet you still can't go and place a bet. It's, it's all right. Do you think it's? Do you think it's gambling? Well, yeah, you you put money down. <laughs> yeah, it's totally gambling. And then here, let me sign up a golf thing for five dollars. I can do it right now on my phone. It's so but absurd. But I can't go and place an actual bet on Scotty Scheffler to win. It's so absurd. It's gambling. It's it's straight up gambling. I don't understand why it's, it, people would think otherwise. And then what's so rich to me about these six bullet points? Again, it's you know don't bet on the NFL. Don't gamble at team facilities while traveling for a road game or staying in a team hotel. Don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team inside information. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL season. And don't play daily fantasy football. If you, uh, I don't know, let's say you play for the New Orleans Saints, Rowdy, and you go uh, to your job every day, what's the Superdome? It's the Caesars Superdome. Caesars Entertainment. Rowdy, what's Caesars? That would be a casino. It's a casino. What's a, what's the casino? It's gambling. You can have the NFL straight up with their stadiums linked with casinos. Yet NFL players can't even 
bet uh, on other sports, play daily fantasy football. See, or I, get, sports I get the not betting on the NFL. I get, you know, I understand that too. But the thing that I just don't understand is not being able to bet on other sports yeah. that you have no control over yeah. that you're not a part of or not doing it in facility or on team transportation. Like imagine flying from New York to San Francisco. It's a long flight. You can't go on your phone and say, I like the Bucks. I like the Lakers tonight. And then the other thing that doesn't really make a ton of sense is the not going into a sports book. Yeah. So you can bet on your phone at your house, but you can't physically walk <laughs> into the sports book and throw money down on the Lakers or the Bucks. But you could Correct. do it from your house, like on a, a Tuesday night when you're not at practice. Correct. Okay. Wouldn't it be funny if the NFL? Uh, all right, let's say you're at your home, and the NFL is like, "Well, I heard, I heard Nelson Raisbeck here, our star cornerback, has been betting from his house." Well, okay. Well, the NFL pays his salary, therefore he bought the home with his NFL money. Therefore, it's NFL sanctioned house. We're gonna throw a suspension up. Doesn't work like that. It's so hilarious. And then you could be like, "All right, we're gonna go play at the Caesars Superdome against the Saints today," as the NFL is making money off of a sports, off a casino. So. I guess they're trying to make it crystal clear for the guys out there betting um, or breaking the rules. Apparently, a lot of them don't know. Like, you know, Jamison Williams, uh, Williams, you got Isaiah Rogers, Calvin Ridley. Well, Williams got nailed for betting on at, at team facilities, facilities and betting on like the NBA. Yeah, but he was in team facilities. Calvin Ridley was betting on the NFL and on his team's games, but he was hurt and not playing. Um, and who, who else got busted for stuff? Uh, Isaiah Rogers. Uh, he was, let's see, he reported sports, but he was the, for the Colts. He was the last one to get it. Um, he placed 100 bets from 2022 to 2023 on sportsbook account open under uh, the name of uh, someone else. So someone else was making bets for him, Rowdy. Uh, th- another thing in the bullet points you can't do, have someone else be your proxy. and bet on it. How are they going to know then? Uh, just l- let the people bet. I'm not saying, like, sh- share inside information and, like, throw games. But if you want to bet on the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Miami Heat or something, by God, let them do it. And daily fantasy, by the way, and fantasy football is gambling. It's gambling. Talking a little before Braves, Phillies, uh, Orlando Arcia was up, and they were just uh, just loving what Arcia brought to the Braves, talking about how great he was. You go look at all-star voting uh, for shortstop. Orlando Arcia, over a million votes. Up next uh, for him would be Francisco Lindor with half a mil. Uh, Xander Bogart's third, uh, Matt McLean fourth, Trey Turner fifth. If Willie Adamas ninth. You know what's actually crazy about that list? A lot of shortstops not playing that well this year. Yeah. Like, go right down the list. Well, they flashed it yesterday. Lindor, Bogarts, McLean, all these guys, I don't think they're batting above 300. No, like, it was just Orlando Arcia. Arcia, he's batting 341, six home runs, 25 RBIs. Honestly, he might be the shortstop. Yeah. I mean, what's the second guy on the list? Francisco Lindor with half a million he's, votes. He's, he has struggled this year. Now, he might be more productive, like, a.k.a. more home runs and RBIs, but the dude's hitting, like, not well. Yeah. I, I think it's like 220. Yeah, when they flashed at the top five, only Arcia was above 300. Everyone else is in the 200s. And I know that Bogarts is third. Bogarts has had a down year, and he injured his wrist. McLean's fourth of the Reds. Uh, that's a rookie. Uh, Trey Turner's Trey, fifth. Trey Turner, who's had a very disappointing season Chris for the Taylor Phillies so far. for the Dodgers. Chris Taylor's been awful. Dansby Swanson is seventh for the Cubs. He started out really hot. But it's kind of faded here. Geraldo Perdomo for the D-backs. 
Yeah, know, now you're just getting down to Willie Adamas is ninth, and then Brandon Crawford rounds out the top. Yeah, 10. once you get past uh, Swanson, it's uh, who cares? All right, for catchers, uh, <laughs> including Adamas, who cares? Yeah, for catchers, William Contreras is number tenth for the Brewers. Uh, number one, Sean Murphy for the Braves. He's played pretty well, but he's actually banged up right now. His backup's doing well. Will Smith is number two, not the uh, the actor who slapped Chris Rock. J.T. Realmuto is third. Francisco Alvarez fourth. Elias Diaz is fifth. Uh, Will, Diaz has had a hell of a year actually for Colorado. He's he's actually been a very bright spot. Wilson like, Contreras is seventh round. Yeah, he hasn't played that well, but also see the St. Louis Cardinals in general. Yeah, first base. Um, Rowdy Smith. Rowdy Telez is ninth for the Brewers for first baseman. Freddie Freeman is number one. Uh, with those big old teeth of his. I mean, that makes sense. He's hitting over 300. He's Freddie Freeman. Matt Olson is second. He's balled out since being uh, traded to Atlanta. Former Madison Mallard, Pete Alonzo, third for the Mets. Paul Goldschmidt, fourth. Trey Mancini, fifth. Cronenworth, sixth. Yeah, I think once you get uh, that list, once you get the, below the top four, it's uh, who cares. Hey, first, Carlos Santana, Rowdy Pirates, first, first baseman, not the guitarist. Yep, he'd be higher if he got a hit for us two days ago. <laughs> and second base, there is not a Milwaukee Brewer on the top ten. <laughs> there shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, Arise is number one, who is an absolute hitting four hundred, who's an absolute monster. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at second base. Who would would Terang be on there for him? <laughs> He's playing in Nashville. He's a Triple A. Yeah, it's not happening for the Brewers. Rowdy. Now, if you if you would have said uh, All Star Game is you know mid May. Rowdy Telez would have had been on a list. Yeah. He, he would have probably have been in the top five, but um, it's for the whole first half of the season. Third baseman, uh, number 10, Brian Anderson for the Brewers. <laughs> Again, <laughs> if you would have stopped the count two to three weeks into the season, he'd be an all-star. Yeah. Remember he was on fire? He was. Nolan Arenado, by the way, number one for the Cardinals. Oh, who would have guessed? Austin Riley, second, Max Muncy, third, J.D. Davis, fourth, and Manny Machado, fifth. Yeah, Machado, down year, Andy's have been injured. But, uh, yeah, for that list, I think, I know Muncy's been injured as well, but uh, you can kind of count or stop the count after the top two at third base. Stop the count. And then Rowdy D.H., guess what Brewer is on there? Jesse Winker. No, this was, this was a trick question. There's no Brewer on there for DH. <laughs> J.D. Martinez is number one. Bryce Harper, two. Uh, Solaire is fourth. You uh, find it weird that Andrew the Milwaukee McCutcheon Brewers is sixth. Since 2020, haven't been able to find a legitimate DH. Are they like fighting the? Are they fighting it? I don't understand. Like, just find a guy that can hit the ball. Don't you got two hitting coaches there? Can they find? Can't two hitting coaches find a guy to hit the ball? Yeah, there's there's really nobody that should be getting votes. Like Christian Yelich is the closest thing to getting votes. Well, let's look at the outfield here uh, for All Star votes. And there's obviously the outfield's just the outfield. There's no specific Oof. left, right, center. Uh, for the outfield, it goes to 20 for vote getters. Guess how many Brewers are getting votes in outfielders? Yelich. That's another trick question. None. Really? Yelich isn't getting any? No Christian Yelich. Who is, who's on the list? Ronald Acuna Jr., number one. Okay, Mookie clearly. Betts. Corbin Carroll. Uh, Corbin Carroll's a stud out in Arizona. Juan Soto. Fernando Tatis Jr. Michael Harris, the second Nick Castellanos, Michael Harris. Now that guy's an absolute stud in Atlanta, but he hurt his back this year and go look at his numbers. I would argue that uh, Christian Yelich has better numbers, num- better numbers than Michael Harris right now and blind. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me get them up and I can compare. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 2023 regular season. Michael Harris II has 43 hits, six home runs, 20 RBIs, and he's batting 249. So Yelich has a higher average, more home runs, and more RBIs. Yep. Well, okay. How about this? Our guy Fuller. Uh, over the weekend, said of Christian Yelich playing for a team like the you know Atlanta Braves. You know why I know Braves. that about Michael Harris and why he hasn't been good this year? He's on your He's fantasy, on my fantasy team. team. And you know what? <laughs> he was a high draft pick. <laughs> and I'm pissed off about it. And yes, Yelly should be on the list. But this is why I also hate the voting for All-Star. I hate the fan vote. Remember when the Kansas City Royals oh, they had, like, had almost like an, everyone was, was on it? The entire diamond was Royals and Mike Trout. Yeah. You telling me the best players at their position was the Royals and Mike Trout? You're telling me. Uh, let's see here on this list, Rowdy. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, Cody Bellinger, uh, Suzuki for the Cubs, uh, Newtbar, Hayward, Kyle Schwarber. Really? Jason Hayward's Jason on Hayward. there over he's Christian Yelich? He's 14th for the Dodgers. 302,000 votes for Jason Hayward. Uh, Nimmo, Brandon Marsh, Brian Reynolds, TJ Friedel. Now, I've been very critical of Christian Yelich, but he should be on this list over not. some of these guys. And this was updated yesterday. This is all-star ballot standings as of June 20th. Yesterday, there is no Christian Yelich, no DH, obviously. Uh, Willie Adamas is ninth for shortstop. Brian Anderson, 10th for third baseman. There is no second baseman. Rowdy Telez is ninth for first base. And William Contreras, 10th catcher. That's Honestly, it. Honestly, you look around, I, I would say just from the Brewers, did you expect anyone to really be an all-star outside of Devin Williams? No. And then especially with Corbin Burns getting lit up again, it seems like that's uh, getting farther and farther from somebody that would be selected by the manager to be on the uh, pitching staff. It's looking more and more like Devin Williams will be your lone all-star. Yeah. Now, in that respect of voting, I would have thought that William Contreras would have been higher. Not saying I would vote for him or that he deserves to be in the all-star game, but I would have had him higher slated than 10th in the catching position in the NL. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy Telez at nine. He is really he's been, been in a tailspin. He's been struggling. Nobody deserves to be on the list for the Brewers at second base. I mean, your highest... Yeah. Willie Adamas has sucked. Uh, I understand him being like ninth. I understand Brian Anderson after, you know, f- weeks two to three of the season, he was the best third baseman in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I understand why he's ninth to tenth <laughs> on the list. <laughs> I understand Out- it. Outfield, Garrett Mitchell was playing well, and then he hurts his shoulder. Uh, Joey Weimer hasn't hit for a high average, but has been decently productive yeah. and a defensive player. But again, what casual fan in L.A. is going to vote for Joey Weimer? What casual fan That's in any like, state outside of Wisconsin is exa- going to vote exactly. for Joey Weimer? And you shouldn't. Unless you like have a mullet and you understand mullet recognizes mullet, then you maybe would. My only disagreements with the, the list and the fan voting, like we could nitpick here and there, sure. but for the Brewers overall, I think William Contreras should be higher than 10th, but he shouldn't be an all-star. At least not unless he goes, you know, extremely crazy over the next month. Yeah. Christian Yelich is the only guy that should be, he should be on, not only should he be on that list for the top 20 outfielders in the NL, but he should be 
a lot higher than some of those guys that were in the middle of the list. I, I think Christian Yelich could easily be plugged and played in there like 12th on the list. No, this was before the game yesterday, but since May 1st, Christian Yelich has been absolutely crushing. Um, and then the month of June, he's been absolutely in fuego. Uh, since May 1st, Yelly is slashing 305, 400, and 510, a combo that only one other player has done during that su- such span. So Christian Yelich, uh, they're trying to push him hard on the Milwaukee Brewers, obviously, to get him on there. But Yelly not being even on the top 20, is, especially after this month he's had, is kind of criminal, Rowdy. He should be on there. Yelly's, yeah. been, Yelly's been pretty damn good this last month and change. Yelich is the only... Yelich, see, when I fill out my fan voting, because I always do like a couple or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I hate the people that sit there and fill it out like 100 every day or whatever the maximums are. And I actually vote for who I think is the best. Like I don't, yeah. I don't care. I'm not just voting Willie Adamas because he is a Milwaukee Brewer. Yeah. Like I'll actually vote who's the best shortstop, or at least who I believe. You have integrity in your vote, yeah. Rowdy. It's you have integrity when you vote. It's kind of annoying, but yeah, Christian Yelich should be should be on there and higher, and William Contreras should be higher than tenth. Everyone else. If you told me they weren't even on the ballot, I'd say I can't really argue that. I mean, for for all star voting right now, in some categories, you don't have a single all star, and if the Brewers do, they're either ninth or tenth. Who would you Who would you even put on the ballot for the Brewers at second base? <laughs> Hank the dog. Bryce Terang is playing in AAA. He's played the majority of second base for you. Um, who else has seen time at second base? Luis Arias, Mike Brasso. Um, Luis Arias has been hurt for most of the year and hasn't played well when he has gotten back. Brasso's in AAA. <laughs> <laughs> Terang's in AAA. Owen Miller's, I think, played a little second base. There's but again, no <laughs> yeah, you There's shouldn't no. even have anybody at second base on the ballot. There's nobody. It's hey, Brewers won though last night. They a, did a nice victory. Half game behind Cincinnati. Half game behind Cincinnati. Won ten in a row. Speaking of Cincinnati, something is going on in Cincy. Uh, we got to get to it because it is um, it's kind of look like the reverse of the Brewers do. And when you think Brewers and Reds, well, I don't, I don't know. When you think Brewers and Reds as organizations, what do you think when you think of the organization of the Cincinnati Reds as a whole? It's like it's whole time existing. I think of the big red machine. Do you think, you of, think of success when at all? I was a young, a younger kid, Ken Griffey Jr.? Do you think of success? Adam Dunn. Ooh, big Adam Dunn with the That's, big old bat. That man right there is country strong. He is country strong. Adam Dunn was a baller. What do you think? Do you think success overall for the Reds? Yeah, I mean they won a ton of World Series. Yeah. Like for somebody that grew up in like the seventies, the Reds were the team. And when you think of the Brewers as their existence as an organization, what do you think? Success? Um, the only thing they ever want you to think is nineteen eighty two. Seriously? You no, you're right. Uh, we'll get to the Reds. The Reds can point to a lot of great players from like days gone by. And Brewers are like, hey, check the out Brewers, this. Brewers, they literally point to 82 like, and the guys that were on that team. Like, hey, you want to buy a vanity plate? Drive around. Remind folks, 1982, second place, World Series, baby. I'm surprised you don't have a vanity plate today, at Rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> Line one, who's this? Hello. Bye, y'all. Where are you going? Bye. We'll see you. You're going to your aunt and uncle's? Charlie, you ever thought of getting in a submarine? Oh, I think you just got in some water. There he goes. Goodbye, kid. 
Goodbye, y'all. Like, think of it. When you when you think about all of the Milwaukee Brewers and the, the players that are celebrated, you think of the guys from basically the 82 team. Who else? Dude, they're putting, like, about it. Trevor Hoffman on the, like, the, the walk, walk of, of fame. fame. And guys, like... like how many of those guys have they put on the the Walk of Fame that had like a a cup of coffee with the Brewers when Trevor Hoffman was a Hall of Famer with the Padres? Had, Trevor Hoffman had one good season with the crew. Yeah, and then his second year he sucked. Yeah, he had two years and one of them was good. Like K Rod was an absolute beast for the L A Angels. <clears throat> hey, he was with the Mets. Like he he was he was already K Rod before he got to Milwaukee. Now he had some nice seasons in Milwaukee. Don't get me wrong. But it was like he had already established himself. He had already been a great player. He was already aging when he got to Milwaukee. Who else did they put into the Walk of Fame here? I'll have to go look. Uh, I, I've uh, talked about this at length. Growing up, uh, being a Milwaukee Brewer fan, my favorite player was Scott Pesednik and Jeff Jenkins. Those guys literally had – Jeff Jenkins is a one-time All-Star. Now, you could argue yeah. if they had some of the rules like they did now where every team has to be designated a, an All-Star, he probably could have fell into another two or three. But that was it. That was the best. Scott Pasenic had one good year as a Brewer. He did. He probably had like three good years as, in general. Yeah. Right, we'll talk the conundrum coming up here. <laughs> like, we are like – Grasping at recent brewers are like Prince Fielder, who left. He's in the Walk of Fame, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Ricky Weeks, who, yeah, he was an above average Ricky. baseball player. Corey Hart, yeah, he had some years. He's above average baseball player. Like, people still love J.J. Hardy. Well, yeah. He's an above average baseball it's player. J.J. Hardy, you get it right, Rowdy. Come on. Like Ryan Braun. Oh, and then you the have franchise. The, the, obviously, the scandal. What scandal? He was innocent. A lot of those brewers that were good were just above average players innocent. for their entire career. He was innocent. They weren't great. All right, we'll talk to the conundrum coming up with the Reds. Why they never won. What the but Reds look are going to do? Hey, 82?